HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Cutting the Curd, hosted by Ann Saxelby. You're listening to Cutting the Curd, hosted by Ann Saxelby. You're listening to Cutting the Curd, hosted by Ann Saxelby, broadcast live to the Cosmos on the Heritage Radio Network. Good Sunday afternoon to you, and welcome to Cutting the Curd on the Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Ann Saxelby. Our show today is being produced by Jack Inslee and engineered by Nat Wiener. And um, my guest, uh, I'm very happy to to have uh, on my show today, is um, Dean Sparks, who is the founder of NY Organic, which is a really interesting cooperative um, that is helping New York State dairy farmers to thrive and uh, make a living in a challenging dairy industry. Um, This is a continuation of our uh, state of dairy in the United States, and so today we're going to focus on New York State and hear from Dean about what his business is doing and what's going on in dairy in New York. Um, Dean, are you with us? I am, thanks. Thank you very much for having me in. Oh, thank you. No, it's a, it's wonderful to have you. Um, so I was wondering if you could, uh, if you could tell us um, a little bit about your background um, and, uh, you know, in farming and, and how you came to start this company. Sure. Uh, my wife and I bought this farm in 1996. We've been organic since 1997. Um, we are kind of a pasture-raised poultry uh, kind of operation. We have milk cows in the past, but not for a living. Um, we do oh all kinds of organic vegetables, and we do um, pork, turkey, chicken, eggs, and things like that. And I've kind of followed the Salatin model of pasturing animals, but I also fed certified organic grain. So I met my partner, who is Dan France, who has a 60-cow organic herd in Cobleskill, New York, mm-hmm. in about 2000, and he and I have been working now on this project for longer than we like to admit, <laughs> so uh, <laughs> the overnight success that's taken 10 years, I guess. Um, hey, that's fast, I think, in, uh, <laughs> in the grand scheme well, of things. Right, I, I just like to think that we were visionaries and just way ahead of ourselves, but we saw a long time ago that there was all kinds of really amazing, great, organic, and sustainable food being made in upstate New York. We recognized immediately that the problem was getting the food from 
upstate to where the consumer base is, which is the city, right? And that mm-hmm. whole 12 to 15 million people that we needed to reach. And so it took us a very long time, <laughs> uh, but we think we're getting there. I mean, we have, a, have some funnels open now of distribution and the supply chain to really move these items to consumers. And at the same time, luckily, consumers are really starting to become much, much more aware about where their food comes from and wanting to make that connection and kind of eliminate the disconnect of the grocery store, which we've been, you know, preaching and educating about for a really long time. So it seems to be a really good marriage. And uh, we started uh, bottling NY milk in April of 2009. Um, We started the cheese line in June of that year. Um, our eggs just came out um, oh, last month, actually, a month of August. And our yogurt is getting ready to be launched here in October. So well, we're trying to develop a full line of local, certified organic, high-quality dairy items that consumers throughout the state of New York can really embrace and know that when they support it, they're getting really great food, but they're also putting money back in the pockets of small family farmers all throughout upstate New York. And hey, that's awesome because I mean, that's how uh, I was doing a little bit of research about the history of dairy in New York State. And um, New York State has always had a pretty strong tie to the dairy industry. Um, I know that uh, the first the first cheddar cheese plant ever was built in the city of Rome, New York, and I think it was 1851. Um, and then, you know, as far as, you know, cheese, Butter was a big product, and then milk um, coming down on trains from all over New York State down to the city. The, you know, we had a very local, uh, sort of a localized um, dairy system up until pretty recently. So it's really amazing that you're doing the work to to make that happen again. Now, can I ask you um, where exactly is your farm located? My farm is in Shenango County, which is between Binghamton and Syracuse, New York, and Central New York, and there were. <laughs> I hate to say this, but within a five-mile driving distance of my farm, there were 78 dairy farms 50 years ago. Wow. There's one left. Wow. Yeah. That and is... New York State loses one dairy every day of the calendar year. So this is not a good scene for dairy and farming, period. Whether it's conventional or organic doesn't really matter to me. It's all about saving farms and creating a sustainable food system. And so, you know, it's not encouraging, but um, we're seeing, you know, some some real signs of encouragement with what we're trying to do, that's for sure. Absolutely. And so it started with you and your partner. Um, and how many farms do you guys currently work with? We work with 30 farms now. Wow. Um, we, we tap farms for our milk program for, that are up around the northern Finger Lakes region. Our milk is actually bottled at Upstate Niagara in Rochester, New York. And then our cheese is from a, an eight-member cooperative around the Albany area. Um, my partner is one of those eight farms, and they send um, loads of milk, of organic milk, down to our cheesemaker, who's actually just across the border into Pennsylvania. Um, and then our egg farmers are up around the Moravia, Ithaca area, Right now we have two farmers, but we're working with a, a co- we're building a cooperative of about six farms in that area. They're going to lay flocks down over the next six to eight months. And now can you tell us a little bit about the farmers that, are, that you're working with? Are these people who have been in the dairy industry for a long time, for many generations, or are these new farmers? 
Oh, it's a it's a great mix. I mean, it's all of those things. My partner is eighth generation, well over two hundred years. He's been on his land and his family. Um, he's milking sixty head. Um, almost all of the, the the herd average on all the farms that we work with is around forty five cows. Wow! And you know they are the gamut from you know young young couples that have just gotten into farming to people that have been in farming multi generationally. It's a it's a nice mix. The one thing that we've always focused on is quality. Um, we think it's great to have local and organic things, but the one key thing that we think is critically important is the food has to be pretty good, too. Absolutely. <laughs> so, that, Absolutely. so that people come back and, you know, actually buy it again and again. So we've tried to focus on a lot of key things, but the fact that it's local, the fact that it's sustainable, the fact that it tastes really good are kind of the three covenants that we've been working from all this time, and we will continue to do so going forward. So, And now if people, um, you know, people out there maybe who might stumble upon this program are interested in what you guys are doing, be they farmers or anybody else, um, is there a way that people can learn more about this project online? Or Sure. Our website is www.getnymilk.com. And we have a list of all the retailers where they can go to get the products. The um, the eggs are available in the city at the new Italy project. That's the Mario Batali, Joe Bastianich project that just opened here a few weeks ago um, down at 205th, which is 5th Avenue between 23rd and 24th Street. Um, they are using our milk for their gelato and the gelateria there. Uh, they're using um, our NY eggs for their pasta station there. And the milk and the eggs are also available to buy in retail at that outlet there. That is, And then the cheeses are available at all the Whole Foods stores in New York City. Wow. Well, congratulations. I mean, that is just fantastic to, to hear that you guys are getting such good support from so many so many different kinds of businesses all across the city, and especially with Italy, because that is a, such a, an exciting new project. I haven't actually had a chance to get up there yet, but everyone tells me, you know... Just, oh, you have to go. It's, yeah, it's... Uh, Gotta go it's get like, lunch and go to the mozzarella station, the pasta station. Yeah, it's fantastic. I mean, Dave Pasternak is running the, the Crudo Bar, and they have... You know, a lot of input from a lot of real famous chefs. The Monzo restaurant is a sit-down restaurant. And it's just, it's a phenomenal experience in both the retail side and also the food and the wine that's available there. It's just, it's, it's worth a trip, that's for sure. Absolutely. Well, I, I, yeah, shame on me for not having gone yet. I'm uh, usually stuck on the Lower East Side uh, <laughs> in, in my shop, but I'm definitely going to make a trip up there soon and go, uh, go eat some pasta and get some lunch. Um, cool. Yeah, so, um, so that's interesting. So you, I want to go back to you for a second. You said you started your farm in 1996. Yep. Um, what were you doing previous to uh, farming? <laughs> Oh, how I got here, I have no idea. I uh, <laughs> I was an Arizona kid. I grew up and went to school at Arizona State University. With um, I used to play a lot of golf with a real famous golfer now named Phil Mickelson, which everybody's heard of, right? Oh, sure. And, um, My dad's sitting in the studio. He's totally stoked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Phil and I played and used to steal money away from lawyers and doctors when we didn't have any money in college. Good for you guys. And, uh, <laughs> got myself through school playing golf. And um, and so I ran a property management business after I graduated from school. And I met my wife at uh, in Boston. She was uh, in IT in Boston. And 
we got married and we both agreed that we wanted to farm and we never had we we had limited if any really background in farming and we bought a 54 acre place in 1996 or 97 and um We've been farming ever since, and I, everyone in town still calls me Noah because I really didn't have any idea what I wanted to do in farming. I knew I wanted to be organic, but beyond that, I really didn't have any idea. So I, we went out and we bought two of everything. I mean, we had every <laughs> imaginable creature that has legs or doesn't, and um, we just tried a bunch of different things. We, we really didn't have any focus at all for the first year or so, two years, I guess. And I just, we just fell in love with working with birds. And so I, my largest kind of production side of my farm was I had very large flocks of certified organic hens that were laying eggs. I just really enjoyed working with chickens and I liked selling eggs and, and I knew that there was really good high quality food and the fact that they were outside was, was way different than what was happening, you know, back then. So I had a really unique item. And um, so that's kind of how we decided where the direction we wanted to go in. And, and we still, to this day, you know, do the, the uh, pastured model with uh, all different kinds of animals for customers that we've had for a really, really long time. And this year is the first year we actually put in a tremendous plot of uh, organic uh, heirloom vegetables. So we're, we're kind of playing with that as well. So, I mean, I guess I would consider myself mostly a gentleman farmer anymore. My boys are older, and it doesn't look like either one of them is going to farm, which is not an unusual story, unfortunately, anymore. Um, and they're both, you know, getting an education and doing other things. And don't look at farming as, <laughs> as the fun thing they had when they were kids anymore. And uh, <laughs> sure don't want to do it for a living. So, um, you know, that, that's, that kind of story is being played out at every farm across America, unfortunately, these days. And the average age of a farmer now is 57 which is just, you know, adds insult to injury when you talk about where are we going with our food supply and our food system. Exactly, yeah. And, and you think about, you know, most people, the way that they think about retirement, and then you think about farming as a full-time job, you know, when you're 57 and, you know, trying to, trying to run a big operation like that. It's really, um, there are encouraging signs, but it, it sure is dying off faster than it's growing back at this point, it seems like. That's for sure. And, you know, someone had to kind of, Farmers really love to farm, and farmers that already have value added on their farm that are making, you know, not only milking the cows every day, twice a day, and doing all the field work and everything that's required to keep, you know, a small operation going, they're also doing value added, right? They're making yogurt, they're making cheese. I mean, they are just working so hard. And so then to ask them to, hey, can you get in the car now and drive to New York City and, and see go to the farmer's market and stand there for right. eight hours in all weather? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Eight exactly. hours, I'm sorry. It's probably more like 10 or 12, and then drive four <laughs> hours back home. Precisely. And, and, like, you know, someone in this group needed to free themselves of the responsibility of farming so that, you know, that we could focus on this as a full-time pursuit. And I did that really over the last five years or so. I have slowly kind of scaled back my on-farm operation, and I've given much, much more now to this project because I feel like someone needs to be out there representing these people and they're great people and they're making great food but someone needs to go out there and educate the public and connect with retailers and connect with 
you know, people like you and say, look, we need your support, you know, to help us move these products around and get them consumed, and they're great, it's great food. Um, and so that's kind of what I've done. I kind of just backed away from my farming. I'm now very much a gentleman farmer. Um, and and can, I ask and I, what, you know, can I ask what people think? Uh, you know, as you said, people in town call you Noah. And um, I know <laughs> yeah. that there, there always is that kind of um, a little bit maybe, I don't know how exactly to phrase it, not distrust, but just kind of like wariness of the new guy and people with different ideas, especially in dairy farming because it's such an old industry and people have been doing it their way for so long. Yeah, do, you find, oh. do you encounter a lot of resistance that way? <laughs> I'm the new kid on the block because I haven't lived here for four generations, right? So, yeah. yeah, we've lived here a measly 14 years or 13 years or something, and we're still the brand new guys on the block. And sure, I mean, there's been a lot of con- conventional farmers that have come to ask me about organics and what it means and what differences there would be. It's a slow education and transition for people. Um, I think a lot of farmers that want to do small herds and still want to keep their farms and their families are starting to take real hard look at at organics. Um, so, but the, the the answer is yes, of course. I mean, I'm a used sales you know sales car guy that you know is out trying to hawk something, and there's always suspicion, and there's always. You know, what is it about organics? You know, can't you just cheat anyway? I mean, I get those kind of questions all the time. And, you know, I just try and work to educate. It's all an educational process, right? I mean, whether you're a consumer or a farmer or a retailer or a distributor, there's, there's education that's critical in this, in this project in order to get everyone to understand what it is we're trying to do and, and how much it means to people. And I think... Um, I tell some pretty good stories. I, I knew a guy who made $9 a hundredweight, which is how we measure, you know, how you get paid for milk in the tank, right? So mm-hmm. it's based on hundredweight. And conventional farmers at one time here about a year, year and a half ago were getting $11 a hundred, and then after shipping, he, he had to pay. He was making $9 a hundred. And he was a certified organic guy, and he um, had been for a couple of years and just couldn't get a market. He just had no one to sell his milk to. Wow. Um, milk was tight at that time, and and so they just no one needed any. There were we were just flooded with milk, and so they weren't bringing any new farms on for any for any length of time. And so we were able to bring him on at thirty dollars a hundred to provide the milk for this yogurt project that we're working on. Wow. And so to be able to make a phone call, and I'm going to work really hard not to get choked up about this because it still chokes me up. But to be able to call a guy whose family has been struggling in farming for so, so long and really just making it by day by day and really scraping by, to be able to call him and say, Chuck, I've got a place, I've got a home for your milk, and you're going to be able to make $30 a hundred instead of nine, I mean, it changes people's lives. And I really try and communicate that at the consumer level. Look, you really do vote with your wallet. If you buy our food, it impacts me. It impacts my family. It impacts my friends. You really do make a difference. And I think a lot of people don't feel that way when they're walking up and down the aisles of a grocery store and they're throwing stuff in the cart at Walmart. They don't really know if they're impacting, you know, Philip Morris today or not. And there's some apathy happening, right? But if you're there and you're standing in line with those people at Italy, which I do, I walk up and down that lengthy line, thankfully, (laughs) of all those people standing in line trying to buy our stuff 
And when I see someone with a jug of my milk in their basket, I stop and I thank them and I shake their hand and I say, look, we really appreciate you doing this. You really are making a difference. You're supporting people like me and families like mine, and it really does make a difference. So please come back. I hope you enjoy it, and please buy it again. And that, that's the kind of thing, I think, at the grassroots level where we can really make a difference if people start believing it. And in, and in our case, it really is true. If you buy a dozen of our eggs or you buy our cheese or you buy our milk, you are directly, directly impacting farms that are up here trying to make a living and trying to you know, survive and, and support their families and send their kids to college. Well, absolutely. I, unfortunately, we're going to have to just take a, a quick break. Um, but when we come back, I want to get back on this subject because um, the work that you're doing is incredibly important in keeping New York's dairyscape alive and thriving. And um, uh, yeah, you're awesome. So uh, we're going to take a very quick break and we'll be right back on Cutting the Curd. Welcome back to Cutting the Curd on the Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Ann Saxelby. My guest today is Dean Sparks, founder of uh, NY, or, or NY Milk, uh, NY Organic, the, the wonderful variety of dairy and eggs um, that are available various retailers around the city and our show today has been sponsored by whole foods um whole foods is sponsoring craft beer week which is just around the corner beginning friday september 24th and running through sunday october 3rd to kick off the annual series whole foods market bowery is hosting a beer and food pairing event in their beer room oscar blues is on tap and chef jacques gautier of park slopes palo santo is cooking up one of his south american delights to accompany uh, all of the deliciousness. Um, food tasting goes from 5 to 7, and beer will continue till 9. With a Craft Beer Week passport, get $3 off uh, a 64-ounce growler fill. Not a bad deal. Uh, meet Chef Gautier Friday, September, tw- er, September 24th, and enjoy some special tastes on tap and from the kitchen. Um, and Whole Foods, we'd like to thank them also for buying uh, Dean's wonderful products and being such ardent supporters of local food. Um, so just before the break, Dean was sharing with us um, sort of an individual story of a farmer that um, he works with who was who used to make nine dollars a hundred weight on his milk and now currently makes uh, thirty dollars a hundred weight working with uh, Dean and NY Organic um, and Dean I was really really impressed looking on your website um, that right there on the left hand side of the homepage there's a fair wage promise there um, and I was wondering if you could talk about that fair wage promise and, uh, and your commitment to keeping more money in the farmer's pockets and less money going to, gosh, other expenses, be it whether it's marketing or other salaries or um, all that stuff. Sure. Um, in the process of the last eight years of doing this kind of work, I wanted to understand kind of all aspects of what it takes to get from literally from farm 
to table. So I was a distributor for a while. I took a job at Green Star Co-op in Ithaca, and I ran the grocery department there. So I understood kind of the natural organic retail cha- you know, channel and how you know, farmers and products get to shelf and how that works through distribution and how that works you know, when you come to shop and how that works when you take it home and eat it, right? So I wanted to get a real 360-degree view of the business that I was trying to, to figure out. And so it took me a long time, but in the process I learned an, an awful, awful lot. And w- one of the things that I learned was that I didn't ever, ever want to talk to farmers who were on food stamps and, you know, and needed farm subsidies. And so I made a commitment that as I sold these things and as we worked through this process that we would encourage and demand, frankly, from distributors and retailers a certain price for our products. And it's because we believe that farming has real value. And it's because we believe sustainable farming even has, in my view, additional value. And that I want people to be able to raise their families, milk 60 cows, send their kids to school, and live a good life on the farm. That's what the idyllic image is, and it can still be that way. So we made a commitment to say, look, everyone, on every side of this business, whether you're the distributor or the retailer or the consumer, this isn't going to be cheap food. It's not. And I've never, ever purported it to be. Um, It's terrifically great quality food. It's made in the way that you really do idyllically imagine it to be. It really is cows on grass. It really is animals enjoying vitamin D from the sun. It really is great stewards of the land and the earth that are making this amazing food. And there's a cost in that. And so that's where we've kind of always held our ground and we continue to do so and you know sometime to our detriment i'm sure of that uh, i'm confident that i've lost you know opportunities to be in certain retail outlets because i just refuse to drop below the price that ends up equating you know to the right price for the farmer and see our business model is so dramatically different because <laughs> we don't do it like everyone else does we don't get to retail right so mm-hmm. instead of working at retail, we start at the farm and we go backwards. <laughs> so, and that insults a lot of retailers and insults a lot of distributors. But frankly, I don't care. Uh, hey, good <laughs> I mean, for I'm, you. I'm the advocate, right? So I'm the one that has to say, look, I've been there. And I know what it's like to farm seven days a week. And I know what it's like and the, the struggles and the effort that you have to put forward to make the kind of food that we're standing here enjoying. Um, it, it isn't free. It and it's not fair for money. the farmer to bear the entire burden of it. I feel like, yeah, if you share that cost all the way across the board and everyone's reasonable about the the markup that they're taking for the part of the work that they're doing, then right. you can get good food to the table. And it's going to be a little bit more expensive than other stuff in the supermarket, sure, but it's going to be better for you and it's going to be better for the local economy and it's going to be better just, you know, you, we can go on and on down the line. Um, right. I mean, dairy, dairy in itself is not typically a high margin item to begin with, but beyond that, I always remind all of our partners, no, you're never going to get rich on me. Um, you're going to make a decent living and so are we and so are the farms and everyone's going to make a decent living. And 
as long as we all respect that there really are boundaries, then I'm comfortable because I have a commitment first to my farms and not to the retailers and not to the distributors. But you, you sit at the kitchen table with these farmers, and I mean, the bottom line is they have to make a good living. If this is going to continue and we're going to stop the hemorrhaging of all these farms going out of business, this is the kind of, you know, kind of, I guess, cutting-edge forward thinking that you have to have in order to say this is really the way it's going to, we're going to figure out how to get this stopped is that people are going to have to pay a fair rate for the food that they're that they're receiving. So. Absolutely. Well, and I always like to quote, I, I forget where I read this now, but I think in the early part of the 1900s, um, Americans spent about 30% of their annual income on food. And I think now that number is somewhere, it's well below 10%. And so if you just think about, yeah, our whole value system has kind of been rearranged um, with regards to that. And uh, so it's just a matter, like you said, re-education, you know. And luckily, we have the the benefit of tasty tastiness on our side because it's pretty easy to educate people when you feed them something delicious, and then they understand why it's so delicious. Right, sure. And that it's about nine percent is what Europeans spend on their food. It's about four and a half percent for Americans. Wow. I mean, we're still driving the cheap train and. Um, and, you know, there's always going to be a, a segment of our population that does that and a segment that appreciates the quality of the food and, and all that goes back with it. What I'm encouraged by is the growth in the organic food industry. The growth in the farmers' markets is exponential, which is terrific to me. The artisanal guys, the one-off guys that are on their farms doing a value-added cheese in a cave that they dug in their backyard, those guys are doing great now, and that's exactly what we've been encouraging for years and years and years. I mean, my project is way more broad-brushed than that, but I encourage any farmer, any farmer's market, any relationship that brings consumers closer to their food is a positive one, right? It's never a negative one. Learn who your, farms, who your farmers are. Learn where your food comes from. Come visit farms. If they tell you they don't want you to come, there's something wrong, <laughs> okay? Yeah. But, I mean, we, you know, just come and really learn about this and learn so that when you do spend $7 on a dozen eggs, you have a real appreciation about that, and you kind of look at it and go, geez, I wish it was 10 bucks because I spent some time with Dwight and his family, and I know how much work it is for them to get that dozen eggs in that carton. And I think that's, you know, that's what my kind of 10-year movement has been about. And I hope going forward we have, you know, more and more advances where in the respect and the education and the dignity that I think we're bringing back to farming in upstate New York. So, um, yeah, that's, that's a good segue. We actually just have a minute or two left, but I was wondering what your, what is your vision for the next 10, 20, 50 years of your company? And, you know, and if, if you are already seeing more farms in your area, or if you're seeing the seedlings of, of new, new farms starting back up in your area. We are. I mean, certainly the organic, sustainable kind of farming is really starting to happen on a much bigger scale now, which is, you know, just so encouraging. But um, conventional farming still struggling, um, still trying to encourage those guys and help where I can. I'm I've not been one that just only believes in one way of farming. Farming as a lifestyle is something that needs to to continue for us, you know, throughout the next several generations. So in the short sighting this I've got a ninety one percent butter fat butter I really like that I'm working on. Oh excellent. Um, but beyond that, I mean I think 
I'd like to be done here in the next year or so. I mean, with yogurt out and and eggs and cheese and milk and butter, I think we're probably an ice cream because we're working on some ice cream, and I can't. You'll have me back next summer to talk about that because there's some people down near in the city there that we're working with that are very well known. We may end up having a partnership to announce soon. But, you know, we, we're beyond that. I want to kind of stabilize it and grow the business. I mean, to me, every single half gallon of milk that gets sold, every single dozen eggs that gets sold, the more of those I can do, the more input ingredients we need, the more farms we save. It really is that simple. And I think people think it's more complicated than that, but it's not. The more milk we need, the more farmers we have to have to make that milk. It's really that simple. So it's just now trying to grow the volume, trying to grow attention to the brand, trying to go broke, go grow brand loyalty, sorry, um, away from the national brands like Horizon and Organic Valley that bring products in from out on the West Coast and the Midwest and, you know, try and encourage consumers to understand the local really does make a difference in transportation costs and your carbon footprint and all those things, and that we'd really like to see you supporting farms in New York. They struggle with high taxes just like you do as a New York resident, and so we like to see people supporting directly the farms in their area. So those are the kind of things that I want to work on. Growing the volume is the most important thing. I'd really like to see us have a much bigger presence and be kind of a go-to brand in the city, and we're not at this point. So, I mean, I, that's where I hope to be um, when I get ready to, you know, retire to my villa in upstate New York, <laughs> is to, to have, you know, have it be really well-known and have it be a milk and a brand that people go to that they recognize instantly and that they really support. That's that's all I've ever hoped for. And if I save some farms along the way, that's just added, you know, added bonus. Well, well, I think the work that you're doing is absolutely tremendous, and and I thank you so much for giving your time on a on a Sunday to to chat with me. And I think uh, there's no doubt in my mind that in the next ten years we're going to see NY Organic all over the place, and you're going to continue to to save and who knows encourage new farmers to get into it. So thank you so much for taking time with us uh, on cutting the curd, and we will see you next Sunday with another State of Dairy episode. Thanks, man. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you. I'm in a New York state of mind.